Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. What are we doing here? This place smells like balls. Go, go away, it smells fine in here. You're hanging out with losers. They're holding you back. That's not fair, I, I really like Sam and Katie. Forget those motherfuckers. You are the original man. It's time to make a comeback. I'm not sure what you're on about. Start a new podcast by yourself. Call it Word Man. What, the, what does that even mean? It sounds even worse than film chat. I think it's a great name. It's because you're a man who is good with words. Go away, fuck off, okay? Oh, hey, man. Uh, uh, sorry I'm late. Uh, no, no worries, no worries. Are you all right? You yeah, seem yeah. a little bit uh, agitated. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Okay, all right. Well, I uh, see so you started without me, but that's absolutely fine. Um, so today on Film Chat, awards season is in full swing, and we've been poring over who's got a trophy, who's got a nom, and who got snubbed. Plus, there are reviews out the wazoo as Danny and I have a crack at Whiplash, explore the theory of everything, and head into Into the Woods. All that, and the regular ramblings and backslapping which come as standard. Films, 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 lots of films, 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 films. He's good films, bad films, fun films, sad films, films we love. So last week we uh, made a plea for more correspondence. Yeah, we've um, committed ourselves now to uh, sending people goodies. Yeah, and the it was a huge success. We've had one message, one Facebook comment, and one tweet. Brilliant, covering all the bases except for Bebo. Uh, yeah, I mean, could really have done with a bit more Bebo. Um, so 
Dougal McQueen was the first to reply. He says, Dear Film Chat, your Ant-Man discussion put me in mind of other invertebrate superheroes. Can anyone name any other apart from Black Widow, Black Scorpion, and the Green Hornet? Also, does Mr. Fantastic count as it would be impractical for him to have bones? Do I get a prize? Well, you do get a prize, <laughs> Dougal, to answer your last question. Uh, as for invertebrate-based superheroes... I don't know. Did you look into this after receiving that message? Uh, no, I just assumed that between the two of us be able to think what about it. the scorpion king does that count as a superhero <laughs> you know that spin off from the mummy not sure that counts yeah um, um f- crab man crab man what about sand man he doesn't really he's sand right uh, he's made of he's made of sand isn't he yeah <laughs> what about venom he's just sort of made of goo it's like the enemies in spider-man 3 pretty much quite boneless what about what senator kelly becomes an x-men you're right he becomes yes. like a weird fish man thing and then he melts <laughs> he melts no, no trace of bones it's just water um james andrews tweeted us i'll go bowling with you guys half price drinks on tuesdays shouldn't we mention that you in your original plea on facebook <laughs> you asked if people wanted to go bowling or go for drinks right uh no i didn't yeah <laughs> pretty sure you did no i did um uh, so the so real question response is to that. james was that just some you know random tweet to get a free prize or do you actually want to go bowling with us when you free james when you free, are you free Tuesday? Because I'm free Tuesday. This Tuesday? This Tuesday? Want to go bowling? Next Tuesday? Same like, next Tuesday? Free on, free on the 20th, James? So, James, please get back in touch. Mega Bowl? Mega Bowl? Maybe we'll cut this bit out and send it as a private recorded message to James. Okay, so and everyone, uh, if anybody yeah. else wants to join us on <laughs> that, the 20th of January for some bowling yeah. and uh, film drinks. Chat, film chat bowling trip. Film chat bowling trip. Please join us at uh, the Mega Bowl. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's in case then. Right. And finally... Uh, Sam Casely uh, sent us a message. Dear Film Chat, did you read Giles Corrin's piece in Time Out this week? A bizarre piece of provocation that argues that the huge influx of superhero movies in recent years is a good thing because it prevents didactic historical costume crap and talky rubbish in black and white being made. But so, uh, He should watch the artist for a star. I agree with you, Sam. It includes sentences like, Film buffs are the absolute worst. Books are for serious culture. Films are for laughs. Actors are all just wimpy gits pretending to be something they're not anyway. It's perhaps not worth engaging in. I think it is, Sam. I think it is <laughs> worth engaging in. But I thought that Filmshark could possibly start some sort of front against Giles Corrin's tyranny using your usual wit and intelligence. P.S. Can I get a signed t-shirt? It's very sweet. I'm not sure we can really muster that. I mean... I don't know about t shirts I don't know about t-shirts. He was really pushing for it with the compliment at the end, but... I know. Yeah, it'll probably just be a little yeah. badge or like a scrap of paper when he, or something. When I read that compliment, I was like, get that guy a t-shirt, and then... Thinking about it, that's going to be a bit hard. They're expensive. Yeah, I yeah. can't really do that. Um, um, did anyway. you read? Did you read the Giles? Yeah, yeah, it was hilarious. It was like it's it was... probably one of the few bits of writing that took longer to read than actually took to write. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's obviously something that he like you know smashed out the night before because he had a deadline or something like that, and he was just like, oh, sorry about superhero, blah blah blah. Yeah, you know. I mean, I really don't like the Corrins as a family. They're all really annoying. Well, I really object to Giles. Victoria Corrin has a sort of annoying voice, which is a bit of an issue. Have you watched Only Connect? And not really. It's like University Challenge for wankers. And University Challenge is University Challenge for wankers. But she's married so, to like, David Mitchell. Can she be that bad? How annoying must it be to be in that house? <laughs> Can you imagine them talking? Oh, the, oh, God. It'd be like... I'd go around there. Really? Yeah. When they invite me. Not holding my breath. I don't know. Hello to David Mitchell, film chat fan. <laughs> <laughs> if you're know. listening, want to come bowling? He rants a lot, you know. I don't know. The 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 <laughs> the, 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 cor- the piece was just like, yeah. I mean, it is hardly worth addressing. It was just some sort of random snobbery, like 
snobbery mixed with reverse snobbery. I didn't yeah. Know. I didn't really get it. He was reversed the polarity of the snobbery. Yeah. He, so, just, he was just having fun talking about superheroes, basically. But. He loves superhero movies, and he hates any sort of prestige pictures. But he loves books, because that's where real culture is. Yeah. He doesn't like his culture in the middle. You know, it's either got to be incredibly highbrow book or yeah. incredibly lowbrow film. Right. And in the, the what's yeah. in between is just worthless nonsense. Why waste intelligence on a film? You should be putting it in a book. Why wouldn't the Coens just write a book and then he'll read that? <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot, Corin. Yeah. And if only James Patterson would make a film, maybe, <laughs> maybe Giles Corin would love it. Anyway, the mention of Giles Corin. We're moving away from films now. Please keep this in, Katie. Because <laughs> I went to the effort of looking it up. But Giles Corin, because it was this ridiculous Giles Corin rant, it reminded me of the incident with him a few years back when he sent a famous rant to sub-editors at the Times because they changed something in his piece. Yeah, I remember hearing about this. this? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really recommend uh, to everyone listening that they go online and Google Giles Corrin's sub-editor rant or something and you'll find the letter that he wrote to his sub-editors. He was driven to distraction by then removing the indefinite article from an incredible paragraph. Um <laughs> about uh, people in Soho uh, going for lunch. <laughs> That's like everything he writes, <laughs> isn't it? That's all he writes about. The offending phrase was published as um, boys and girls wondering where to go for nosh, whereas he'd written wondering where to go for a nosh. <laughs> <laughs> in Soho. <laughs> wondering where to go for a nosh. For an, and he was outraged by this change for a number of reasons. Because his article was about blowjobs. <laughs> well, he was very pleased with his double meaning of eating food and um, giving blowjobs, which is well, what he was trying to evoke with his reference to nice. going for a nosh. Right. right. And he goes very upset that they've ruined his joke. He says, I only wrote the sodding paragraph to make that joke. <laughs> And you fucking stripped it out like a pissed Irish plasterer, restoring a Renaissance fresco and thinking Jesus looks shit with a bear, so plastering over it. That's what he says. <laughs> He's a real, like, guy who thinks, like, hyperbole is the same as wit. He just thinks, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Or he thinks shouting is the same as wit. Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing that made him the most angry. I'm sorry, I'm, gonna read, I'm only going to read a little no, bit no, more please. of this. Okay. Worst of all. Dumbest, deafest, shittest of all, you have removed the unstressed A so that the stress that should have fallen on Nosh is lost and my piece ends on an unstressed syllable. When you're winding up a piece of prose, meter is crucial. Can't you hear? Can't you hear that it's wrong? It's not fucking rocket science. It's fucking pre-GCSE scansion. I've written 350 restaurant reviews for the Times and I have never ended on an unstressed syllable. Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. That's all a, a direct quote. Is fuck a stress syllable? I think the, the meter of his last sentence is absolutely perfect. Yeah. All stress syllables. Perfect. Anyway, so that was funny. <laughs> Nothing to do with films. What an idiot. <laughs> He's a fucking idiot. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Fuck so Corrin. Just, just, yeah. Let's start that hashtag. Mm -hmm. Fuck Corrin. Hashtag fuck, fuck Corrin. Brackets Giles. <laughs> Gotta specify. Yeah, I don't have anything against Alan. Anyway. Anyway. So thanks a lot for that, Sam. It's really so fun. I'm glad thanks. you prompted me to go and that up because I had a nice laugh over it. So thanks to all our correspondees. Uh, signed goodies will be heading way. your way. Yeah. Your, our producer will be in touch. Just a way to get a, your deets. An, an official film chat message from film chat's producer. Who we shall not name. But she exists. And she's called Katie Rogers. Oh. Super.
superhero films announced, casting rumours leaking out. M. Night Shyamalan's film is hated, Paul Thomas Anderson's is fated, Meryl Streep's Oscar tipped, Matt Damon's in a viral vid, Michael Bay's made a mint, that's the news that's been to print. Very exciting news this week. Woody Allen is taking a break from making a film every single year, which means like <laughs> what he's been doing for more than half his life. Yeah. And he's now going to make a TV series for Amazon Prime. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exciting stuff. They've um, really got a big scalp in their battle with Netflix for online premium TV yeah, show completely. content. I've got a couple of quotes from the studio boss, uh, Roy Price. He says, Woody Allen is a visionary creator who has made some of the greatest films of all time. And it's an honour to be working with him on his first television series. From Annie Hall to Blue Jasmine, Woody has been at the creative forefront of American cinema. That's where we've been for a while, me. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't be more excited to premiere his first TV series exclusively on Prime Instant Video next year. Exciting yeah. stuff. But we um, have no, we have no like knowledge yet of what this is going to be about, or yeah. he hasn't even started writing it, as far yeah. as I can tell. He released some statement where he was like, "I have no ideas and I don't know where to begin." <laughs> so it's airing it next year seems like a bit premature, but he does write quite fast. Yeah, yeah. He, so. a quite, a quick he writes around. most of his films in about a week, so. Anyway, in a film gen exclusive, I mean, I'm a huge Woody Allen uh, buff. I did my dissertation on him. I've seen all his movies. I literally have. Yeah. I'd say avoid the late 90s to an early noughties. <laughs> but anyway, after my dissertation was published, uh, Woody got in touch with me. Wow, really? He was like, great job. Woody Allen got, got in touch with you. Yeah, we're yeah. good friends now. I've got his number. So I'm just going to call him up now and ask him about this new TV series. Oh, that's, well, that's incredible. So we're going to find out what Woody Allen thinks. Or, like, where he's at. Precisely. Let me just... So what time is it now? It's about 3pm, uh, so... right? Yeah, so 3pm. So it should be up. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> probably just coming back from lunch, coming back from the deli. Yeah. I've got his number pre-saved on my phone, so I'll just hit dial. Yeah, of course you've got him on speed dial. Phone just ringing now. It's just waiting for him to pick up. Hello? Woody! Woody! Oh, Danny! Oh, of, of course! I'm... <laughs> I recognise your voice immediately, you authored that dissertation. That was absolutely fantastic. Oh, f- thanks so much, Woody. You're, you know, you're praising the world to me. Um, I'm here with my good friend, Sam. Hi. And, uh, you know, I was talking about my Film Chat podcast, and we're hoping to interview you about this uh, Amazon deal you just signed. Oh, Film Chat, actually, yes. I listened to part of episode two, but it was, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't anything great, but I'm aware of it. Right. Um. So uh, how, how did this deal uh, come about, Woody? I mean... um. You know, how did this, how did this come into being? Well, I, I was at home. I just finished cooking dinner, and it hadn't gone that great, you know. And I was scraping duck fat off the back of my wife's head when the phone rang. Then the guy said he was Jeff Bezos, the billionaire founder of Amazon.com. He'd just seen a video of me, age 31, boxing a kangaroo. And, you know, would I like to make a TV series for Amazon Prime? You know, and I said, well, I'm not sure. I, I haven't watched TV since 1978. You know, and even then it was mostly golf. Well, I, I said I should ask my wife, so I, I called Suyin, but she was busy. You know, she was picking tender stem broccoli out of her brazier. And Jeff wanted an answer right away, and by this time I was getting kind of nervous. You know, my forehead was twitching a little bit, and my kneecaps had a distinct tingling sensation in them. So they just said, fine, I'll do the show, and I just hung up. Well, it's an exciting story. Oh, yeah. Do you have any uh, plans for what the show is going to be about? Well, you know, things haven't started that well. I mean, I have a pilot script that I wrote... And um, I was very proud of it. I put a line into it, and I put every original idea I have left into that script. But unfortunately, Amazon rejected it because it was blank. Wow, oh dear, that's quite self-deprecating, though. What do you mean? Rough start. So, any ideas about casting and you know, reusing the actors you've worked with before? Well, I've worked 
with many great actors in uh, my long career, but I had lunch with Madonna the other day, actually. And, uh, I always wanted to work with her again after she was in my movie Shadows and Fog. You know, and since then I've approached her several times. I, I wanted to be Aphrodite and Mighty Aphrodite, and I wanted her to be Melinda in my movie Melinda and Melinda, and I asked her to be the Scorpion in my movie Curse of the Jade Scorpion, but... Each time she turned me down, you know, but um, I still hope we can work together again. Wow, that's cool. that'd be quite a... Um, that'd be really exciting. Yeah. I don't think she's done cash. TV before. No. First for both of you. Yeah. Um, right. Are you still going to make a movie a year on top of this? Of course. I'm committed to that schedule, so I'll just have to make 12 episodes of a TV show around that, but I already have a lot of free time, so it's not going to be a problem. Wow, it's quite a schedule there then. Uh, yeah. So uh, you're currently working on a film, I understand, with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, do yeah. you know when that's going to come out? or It's currently untitled. Have you got any ideas about what you're going to call it? Well, I'm still, I'm still finalising the details on that one. It's currently just called Professor in Love, but it's a boring title, so I'm still working on that. Anyway, I'm very sorry, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, but I have to go. The Knicks are down five points in the final quarter, and... <laughs> It's getting very exciting, so I'm going to go watch that. But it's been an absolute pleasure, and all the best for your film, uh, whatever it is, and speak to you soon. Okay, bye, bye, Woody. Bye. Bye. bye, bye. Wow. Wow. Oh, living legend. Oh, living legend, was, Woody Allen. I was just going to ask him some really um, incisive questions about Char Station, but we just didn't get around to it. That was what I was going on to yeah, after yeah. Wacky and Phoenix. I could tell. Yeah, I was building up to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well, I'll ask him next time. More news? <laughs> Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. More news. Yeah, so um, awards season is in uh, bloom. Yeah. And uh, we just had the Golden Globes and now the noms have been announced for the Oscars. Oscar noms. Yeah. Um, there have been a lot of snubs. I mean... Do you think it's an un- unusually high snub level? I don't know, but I'm sure you recall a few weeks back... I was, you know, started the hashtag justice for Spall because of yeah. the snub of the Golden Globes. Mm. He's subsequently been snubbed at the BAFTAs and now snubbed at the Oscars. Triple snub. Why is he keeping all the snubs? Well, I don't know. He's got a trophy cabinet full of snubs. I'm just, you just know. No, just no trophies. Yeah, I mean, I've made a list of the most egregious uh, mistakes the Academy have made. So, Ray Fiennes has got a best actor nod. I would give him one. Mm-hmm. Timothy Spall, justice for Spall. Yeah. No actor nod. Lego Movie has been nominated for Best Animated Feature. That, which I, is, that is I just insane. do not understand that. Yeah. It's one of the most critically acclaimed films of the year. It was hugely successful. Yeah. What, what the hell is going on? Everyone's seen it. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. I mean, I haven't seen that many of the other movies on the list. I saw Big Hero 6, which better is better. better than Big Hero 6. It's definitely better than Big Hero 6. <laughs> it's much better. I haven't seen Big Hero 6, and I can <laughs> tell you it's better than Big Hero 6. Yeah, it is. So I don't... It's just, just weird. I don't understand it. Uh, another thing I think they got wrong is... They every nomination for the imitation game and the favorite everything except the acting categories should just be removed immediately. 
because those are terrible films. Yeah. More on this later. Yeah, we'll get into the um, theory of everything later. But especially the director of uh, Imitation Games. He's got Best Director North, Morton Tildum. It's like any it's like anybody could direct that movie. You don't yeah. look at you look at a film like wow, somebody was there and but, the cameras were on. But that's kind of true of the King's Speech as well, you know, it was like yeah, yeah, it was kind of true. like a TV it was like, like like watching a TV movie. Yeah. I don't know. I think basically it doesn't really matter what he nominate for best picture because Boyhood's gonna win it. Do you think, do you think I think that, I think Boyhood will like I hope so, because that's worthy of winning. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe the best actor category is a bit more that'll be like the most Hotly contested one. So who's who? Who are the noms? Who are the actor noms? So the best actor nods are Steve Carroll for Foxcatcher, B. Coops, Bradley Cooper for American Sniper, which hasn't come out yet. Uh, Cumber Wumble Bumbles for The Imitation Game, Michael Keaton for Birdman, and Eddie Redmayne for The Fear of Everything. I think Eddie Redmayne is the smart money after his Golden Globe win. Yeah, and he's the one who's most obviously acting. He's doing a lot of acting, isn't he? Yeah, because he's definitely uh, in a wheelchair in the movie, and, and in real life he can walk. He can walk. Yeah. So you can. He's definitely acting. Yeah, absolutely, he's acting. Um, Do you think that after the success of The King's Speech, there's, like, people are seeing this formula of, like, kind of British emotional films about, like, posh, eccentric white men and their problems Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll go into more depth on this in my review, but it's, like, it's definitely a movie which has to end with people clapping. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like, this is what the audience should be doing. Yeah. It's like, everyone on the screen's clapping and everyone in the cinema should also be clapping. (laughs) Is the kind of message of that movie in a way? I was gonna say it's quite weird that Foxcatcher has a nomination for best adapted screenplay, best director, best actor, and best supporting actor, but no <laughs> nomination for best picture. Yeah, and Selma has best picture and best song, and no other nominations. <laughs> That's quite weird, isn't it? It's almost like they made an error. Yeah, it's like the the, the message from the Academy is Foxcatcher is one of the best acted, written, and directed films <laughs> of the year but it is not one of the best films of the year. <laughs> but it's not as good as The Imitation Game. Yeah. <laughs> the Imitation Game. I hate it. The acting is better than Selma. <laughs> the writing is better than Selma. It's better directed. But Selma's better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very confused list. Do you have any strong feelings about the Golden Globes? The thing that most uh, grinded my gears yes. uh, is that The Fear of Everything got best score. And I hadn't heard the score at this point, <laughs> but I saw this movie yesterday it's a fucking terrible score. Really? Yeah. Just like everything on the movie is terrible. I might be like bleeding to my reviews. Like, yeah, yeah. It's but... <laughs> kind of bleeding into different bits of the It's just like this podcast. kind of saccharine, piano-y... It's music. You imagine everyone's advertising yogurt in it. You know, mm. it's that kind of music. <laughs> and like, especially when it's against like Alexander Desplat's... Is it Desplat? Desplat? Uh, for the Grand, Grand Budapest Hotel, Hotel, which is really great. And uh, Interstellar, which is really good. Yeah, that's a good and score. And Birdman had that cool drumming score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely the worst score out mm. of that category. Worst score of the year. It's probably, yes. It's the worst score ever. <laughs> Ooh, time for a break from all the film chat. Have a cup of tea, maybe make a quick snack. And telephone friends so you know where she's at. Right, that's enough. Now back to film chat. Right, shall we begin our cavalcade of reviews? Certainly. We've seen so many films this week. I've spent more time in the movies than I have doing anything else. Yeah. So why don't we talk about Whiplash? Whiplash? We saw a preview screening of Whiplash. Is that out? I don't know. It's out Friday. It's out Friday. All right, so uh, let's set to the tone for Whiplash by playing a clip of Whiplash. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Play it. Bit of Whiplash. Wow. 
Why do you suppose I just hurled a chair at your head, Neiman? I, I don't know. Sure you do. The tempo? Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. Start counting. Five, six, seven. In four, damn it! Look at me! One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? Oh, no. Count again. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Rushing or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference! Ooh, ooh, what a mean teacher. <laughs> so, pretty much encapsulates the film, right? Yeah, the story of Whiplash is about this young drummer called Andrew who's at a sort of Juilliard-esque school. Yeah, music conservatory. And he really wants to be the top drummer ever. And he is... Uh, it's t- like the blurb for the children's book <laughs> version of Whiplash. <laughs> and uh, J.K. Simmons plays this uh, fearsome, angry music fearsome angry music teacher who has the best band in the conservatory and being in his band is you know like very prestigious very prestigious and he gets inducted in the band and basically the movie sort of it's about their relationship and uh jk simmons has a teaching policy of just yelling and shouting and intimidating and belittling to get the excellence to get the excellence out of people Mm. and it's basically it's, it's similar to a sort of sports movie dynamic of him people are compared to raging bull or something right it's not as good as Radio Bull. Well, yeah, but in terms of like yeah. someone killing themselves over what they do. Yeah, exactly. Drumming is a very intense process for Andrew in the film. He's he's sweats buckets, he grimaces, he's like freaks out, he punches things. Yeah. You know. Um, so what do you think make of the film, Sam? Well, I have pretty mixed feelings about this like mixed to negative, I would say, was my okay. feelings about the movie. I um, think I might be a bit more positive on the film than you are. Yeah. Well, why don't we well, let's, let's let's discuss the positive, you know? Yeah, so people... I think the positives are that drumming is very cinematic, and yeah. all those scenes are really well done. It's a very sort of intense film. I, like, I actually like I sort of enjoyed watching the movie. I think like it was really well directed and sort of quite propulsive, sort of sped along. It's sort of ninety minutes. It doesn't outstay its welcome. There's something interesting about seeing drumming dissected so much on screen, which we haven't really seen yeah. before. It's also got uh, J.K. Simmons. Is really good in it. It's quite sort of talented yeah, performance, great. and he's just he's just totally let loose. Like, yeah, and as like the thick like, of it proved, just people shouting uh, inventive insults at people in an angry way yeah. is entertaining. He'd be a perfect fit for the thick of it, actually. Yeah, he's like super J. Jonah Jameson in this movie. Yeah, yeah, and I think also it does a good job of encapsulating uh, that sort of fear everyone's encountered of like the angry teacher. I mean, we've all sort of had one, mm. and. Uh, that sort of classroom intimidation of like nobody yeah. wants to be the one that's picked on. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. sort of thing is quite relatable. And I think the sort of early scenes of him just sort of menacing are really good. And that's the yeah. only good things about the film. <laughs> yeah. Well, my my main problem with the movie um was the message of the film kind of left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. So the the dynamic of the film is Miles Teller is the um guy who's trying to learn to be better at drums and how he deals with having this teacher who's trying to like push him really hard yeah which just takes the form of shouting abuse at him basically mm. and without wanting to give away what happens the conclusion of the movie is kind of left me feeling a little uncomfortable because it's in some way triumphant but it's on the teacher's terms you know yeah I mean, there's a bit in the film where J.K. Simmons explains his philosophy of music tuition. Where he just sounds insane. Yeah, well, he says something like, 
the worst thing you can say to someone is good job because then they're satisfied and they go home and they don't push yeah. themselves you know and he's trying to like push people beyond what they're capable of and that's how he generates greatness and then the movie seems to validate this point of view yeah did you think yeah i think i mean yeah like one of the things which i think is good about the film but also to his detriment is that it's very like efficient it's very lean yeah to the point where i think maybe the director or like had an idea that would be like more of a debate but every ounce of fat is like cut oh, off yeah. so that like it only can be concluded in one way yeah and i've heard people saying like oh it's a really interesting debate but i was like you know i don't think it is at all like no, it definitely no. it's not, it comes way. down on yeah exactly it comes down on one side and also i just don't i don't think it's true i think it's like bullshit yeah you know? i don't think that behind every single person who's really successful at what they do is some crazy person calling them a piece of shit and they can <laughs> go home and try harder and then the movie like makes it very obvious that it's like emotionally torments Andrew to be treated this way. Like it's horrible for him. Yeah. And his relationship with his father is strained. He's got this kind of girlfriend character almost. Yeah. <laughs> but not really. Well, that's the sort you of know, thing. And that yeah. kind of falls apart. And, you know, he's like freaking out. You know, he has a kind of breakdown. But then at the end of the film, when he kind of comes back and he was kicking ass on the drums or whatever, he just looks exactly as distressed and sweaty and fucking miserable <laughs> as he did in the breakdown portion of the film. And he's come like full circle. But now it's like, wow, he's really come through. He's having yeah, this yeah. Charlie Parker moment, you know, he's reaching the heights. And it just seems like a portrayal of like some deeply like destructive behavior. You know? At the end yeah, of the yeah. movie, he's not going to go home and like be like fine now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank God you come me like piece of shit all those times. Yeah. But having said all this, I think it's, uh, I don't know, It's good. I think it's really well directed. I've like, I wasn't bored. Yeah, I wasn't bored. It was like, yeah, it's just the sort of the message of the movie yeah. isn't as strong as the, I think it's a much better directed film than a written film. Yeah. It's like, it's really tightly put together and well, the musical almost, scenes are really well it's done. It's obviously directed by someone who's thought a lot about how to depict drumming and jazz yeah. on screen, you know, and it's done, it is, it is done well. And J.K. Simmons is very entertaining, but yeah. I just didn't like the movie. Yeah. My favorite film stars Bridget Bardo. She's the queen, but she wants to be in radio. So she starts a podcast with her friends, and the terrorists try to stop her, but she beats them in the end. Who was that talking just now? You or a whiny little bitch? Well, go away! You two sound like schoolgirls on a bus. No, we don't. You used up. to be a man. Where are your balls? I, I have balls. I'm going to go away again now, but only because you're so pathetic. Uh, yeah, fine. Fuck off. Go away. Oh, my God. All right, I'm back. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. been to the loo, and I've come back. Okay, cool. Great. Into the Woods. Yes. Um, it's a musical film. It's directed by Rob Marshall, the director of Chicago, right? Yeah. And, and, um, he, and all that jazz. He likes, likes directing musicals, doesn't he? No, he did uh, Nine. Oh, Nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and he, he did uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So he's got some experience with musicals <laughs> okay. and some experience with Johnny Depp. So he's bringing those two things together in yeah. Into the Woods. Um, it's an adaptation of a Stephen Sondheim musical, which is a kind of weaving together of four different classic fairy tales which are Jack and the Beanstalk, Cinderella, Rapunzel, and Little Red Riding Hood. And yes. these things are kind of brought together by an original story about a childless couple 
who are trying to break a witch's curse so that they can have a baby. So right. that's the plot. Yes. And I, I didn't have great expectations going into the film. I don't know the musical. I wasn't mm. you know, thinking too much about it. But I really, really enjoyed it. I really yeah. had a good time. I think the musical is really clever. I don't know if I enjoyed it a ton more than I would just enjoy going to see the musical. Yeah. But um, I thought it was really good. It sort of it captures the core aspects of fairy tales and is does it sort of expands them into like a feature length film yeah. with these different interweaving plot threads without losing what makes fairy tales fairy tales. Yes. And fairy tales are like a very particular way of storytelling which is quite different to what we normally see in movies. Like it's not at all naturalistic. Yeah, yeah. The really. characters are just like barely even archetypes they're just like you know the baker or something you know and that's like it you know the prince yeah or like this the maid you know and the plots all like move ridiculously fast you know you leap 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 years in like a sentence or like things happen really really quickly and without much explanation and there's no kind of genuine psychology like the characters like their actions are not like um psychologically real um because there's, there's nothing about it that's like real life and that kind of artificiality and lightness on its feet is uh, done really well in this film. It's really entertaining, and it's uh, it's nice seeing all of these different stories brought to life in this like quick-witted and quite elegant way. Yeah, so it's not it's not at all boring, and all this all of these things are kind of brought together within Sondheim's music. And I guess like you know I, he's he's sort of divisive, isn't he? I don't know if everyone is like a huge fan of Sondheim. All I know of him is like he's famously incredibly hard to sing. Yeah, it's, it's like, like they're quite like angular melodies and stuff, and they're very wordy. There's a lot of wordplay. All I've seen, and maybe his most famous one is Sweeney Todd. Uh, Sweeney Todd, yeah, I've probably seen the movie. Which yeah, I Sweeney, was great. Sweeney Todd's really good. Um, and if you like that, I'm, you know, I imagine you will like this as well. Um, Into the woods. <laughs> people say woods a lot. You have to go yeah. to maybe be prepared to hear the word woods sung a lot. Like every song is about being in the woods. And oh, I hate the woods. Yeah, um, it has that kind of. It has a bit of the charm of something like Mamma Mia, which is fun to watch because it's like a bunch of celebrities doing a school play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all trying I, I think it's something you, you, meant, you said to me about it. It's absolutely true. Like, <laughs> that's definitely the feeling you get with Mamma Mia. It's like all these people like, really throwing themselves into this like school yeah, play. Yeah, parents have made their costumes. Yeah. They're trying their <laughs> best. Yeah, exactly. Like, not in all the notes, but and in, enthusiasm. Into the Woods is very professionally made. You know, It doesn't look like an amateur business, but... Um, it has that feeling of just like a bunch of like famous people on a stage just kind of going for it and having yeah, yeah. a good time. Um, Meryl Streep absolutely chews it up as this sort of central witch who makes Strap. all the stories happen. Like, yeah, the first scene when she comes in is just like a lot of grimacing, crouching down, throwing her hands about. You know, it's like the wow. classic fairy tale witch. And Chris Pine plays a sort of handsome prince in it, in the Cinderella story. Yeah. And he just absolutely cracked me up like throughout. I just found him hilarious. His sort of hammy, ridiculous, like over-the-top prince. Uh, I don't know. It was like watching a panto. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I just found it really charming. What the songs a, are clever. And um, yeah. what about one of my favourite actors, James Corden? James Corden is fine. He plays the baker. So him and Emily Blunt are this couple. Emily okay, Blunt I'm stop you there. Child. Why is Emily Blunt married to James Corden? This is a problem in the movie. <laughs> Emily Blunt is fantastic. Like she's so lovable in the film. And, I love her uh, in everything. She's great. She's okay. just great. Everyone loves her. Yeah, I came out of the movie a little bit in love with Emily Blunt. Yeah. And, but, yeah, why, why is she with James Corden? <laughs> he, the, the whole film, they can't make him not look like a shit chat show host. You know? <laughs> it's just, I mean, he's fine. Like, he's fine. But if you have any aversion to him, I don't think this movie's going to change your mind. Right, okay. Him. He's pretty, you know, he's like, okay. 
But yeah, the only like negative thing I would say about it quickly is that the the second half of the film moves away from the normal um, fairy tale stories. They're all kind of wrapped up in the first half. Yeah. And then in the second half, it's kind of new plot and all the characters like intertwine and interact and stuff like that. Um, and all the different themes from the various stories are used in quite clever ways to um, reach dramatic conclusions. And so that's all that's all quite good. But it's not it doesn't have that kind of light footed, quick fairy tale sensation. The second yeah. the second half is much more a traditionally told story, you know, right, which right. just like logically goes from a to b it doesn't have like any the kind of flights of fancy or like the weirdness of the, the fairy tales so yeah i i enjoy it uh, into the woods i went to see it with marianne and she didn't like it as much as me so maybe it's just me but i had a good time shut up marianne <laughs> keep that in please <laughs> <laughs> and now for danny to review a film he recently saw was it staggeringly brilliant was it astonishingly poor out of danny form a judgment we're about to hear his thoughts if he does a rubbish job then Sam will tell him off. Okay, um, the theory of everything. The theory of everything. Let's do it, Danny. So this. So you is... love this movie, right? I love this movie. If... Let me just preempt your review. I love it. It's great. Let's move on. Yes, that's what my evil twin would say. So. <laughs> However, <laughs> I, the original Danny, yeah, fucking hate this film. It's terrible. So you, so you really hate it, like you know, because when you reviewed the Imitation Game, actually, you were like... let me let me rephrase that. I don't hate it as much as the Imitation Game. Oh, really? I think the imitation game is worse because his life is more tragic and that movie just like tried to make into like a happy Hollywood film. Yeah. And it seems like that's actually kind of ethically wrong. Yeah. It's, like, it's actually like a morally bad thing to do. This yeah. is just like a shit movie. Okay. But I was bored, like, and, uh, so bored. And I went, so I took my dear mother, mm-hmm. you've met her. Lovely woman. I've met her many times. So the plot is Eddie Redmayne plays Stephen Hawking and... Felicity Jones plays his wife, his first wife, Jane Wilde, and the film sort of documents the first uh, 30 years of their marriage uh, and then stops because that's when their marriage ends. <laughs> and yeah. so the film starts in uh, when he's at Cambridge right before he's been diagnosed with his disease and follows their marriage. And during these 30 years, you see him succumb to his illness and also the um, his huge scientific breakthroughs. And... The one good thing about this film is the performances. Eddie Redmayne is really good in it. You can usually rely on the performances, can't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. And uh, Felicity Jones is also very good. They're much better than the film they're in. And I feel kind of sorry if everyone Redmayne's obviously like sort of tortured himself in this like meticulous performance and the film is not really meeting him halfway. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I went into this film with sort of low expectations because if you've seen the trailer, I sort of was expecting a sort of like, schmaltzy, yeah. a great man. It starts like a meet cute, ends with everyone clapping him. Yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of film. And, you know, I'm not like a huge fan of those films, but I think they can be like done well. Absolutely. Like, yeah. um, like The King's Speech is like a genuinely good movie, which is also quite awards baity. Yeah. But this is like a bad film, which is awards baity. So, yeah, it's a real like for your consideration type film. I just imagine the producers were already like brushing off their tuxedos for the, you know, Oscars yeah. when they were like just before they even started shooting. So I think the main problem with this film is the script, which is terrible. And uh, you mean that like the dialogue is really bad? The dialogue is really bad. Well, first of all, like there's a real lack of focus about what the film's about. It's got the trappings of a biopic, and like, is it about his relationship with his wife? And it's like it sort of is, but not like exploring any depth. Like, is it about his illness? And it sort of is, and like, is it about his scientific breakthroughs? It's like, well, not really. It's like you know, if you go into this movie wanting to learn about what Stephen Hawking's theories are, you will be disappointed because <laughs> it is not. It's sort of like. 
they talk about it but they never explain it and the the result is everything's paid like lip service yeah i see yeah and you can't really he get just, does he just like give someone some paper with some diagrams on it and they go this is brilliant yes pretty much that <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it makes it, you can't really ever get invested in it. You can't get like a purchase on the movie. And also like, it just like rattles through his life. Like most scenes last about two minutes. And it's a bit, obviously it's adapted from Jane Wilde's book. And it does feel like they've just taken some like funny anecdotes Mm. and a sad bit. And it's very compartmentalized. It's like, oh, this is a bit where like Stephen said something funny in the face of his horrific illness. And this is a bit where it was a bit sad because he couldn't get up. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, it just goes on like that, and that. And also, the second thing that's terrible about it is that it has no conflict whatsoever. Everyone in this film is really nice. Sometimes it's like the writer goes so like soft on everybody. Yeah, there is like no dramatic through line. No. So Stephen Hawking is great. Like he does his wife's great. His... So there's this one scene um, which I later learned that Felicity Jones, who plays Jane, like um, insisted what was in the film. Yeah which is where she's writing her, like, thesis on medieval uh, poetry. And uh, Stephen Hawking is, like, messing about with his electric chair and the kids are playing with him and stuff. And it's like, oh, that would have been horrific. Like, I've got to look after these two young kids, a severely disabled husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, that's what the movie should be about. Right, yeah. But the movie doesn't it's too it just wants so it's um, kind of glossing over the human suffering it, it, it glossing over it doesn't even begin to start it like <laughs> the movie like literally is glossed over like yeah. every frame has got gloss on it <laughs> everything is sparkling everything's twinkly everything you know everything ends with like a wry quip yeah 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 and it's just like it just goes on and on much the film much like stephen hawking just refuses to end <laughs> and like part of the problem is like because there's so little focus of the story i don't know what the story is it's like I like it sort of ended and it kept on going and it's got this fucking hilarious bizarre uh, flashback sequence where it starts off and like it's all out of focus and they're in like some posh room and then later revealed to be at the end of the movie um, it's him getting some medal from the queen and it's a bit like like that that's the pinnacle of his life getting yeah, a medal yeah. from the queen yeah that's I'm pretty deep. sure he's what yeah it's like ah oh, you know my greatest achievement was meeting the queen <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit fucking isn't it? kidding me. Yeah, it should have been like him uh, being in The Simpsons or something. <laughs> yeah, and um, also a lot of if you know a bit about Stephen Hawking's life, you know that he left his um, first wife for his carer. Anyway, like she's played by uh, Maxine Peake, you might know from Shameless. Oh, cool. And uh, she's really good, but her character is like is like something of a Carry On movie. She's like some weird like sixties like sex pot nurse who oh, comes God, in. Yeah. And he's like, oh, like come on Stephen you know I know you can do better than that and just like who is this character like in this sort of quite (laughs) like what reaching a hand under the blanket over his legs (laughs) yeah but um yeah it's awful just don't go and see it it's so schmaltzy it ends with like the credits are over like the big bang (laughs) like going through the galaxy and stuff (laughs) uh and um well I wasn't going to go and I won't yeah and so I don't speak to my mother anymore not off of this debacle. Mm. You'll, move You'll show her getting moved to tears. <laughs> it tries to be about everything, but ends up being about nothing. Oh, what a great line to end on. Thanks. 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 Yeah, on a stressed syllable. Yeah. I also saw Foxcatcher listeners. I went to see it by myself. Um, I felt as lonely as the central billionaire. Um, but we don't have time. We, we have to wait to find out what I thought of that. Go see it during the week. 
and then compare your opinions to my better opinions next Saturday. Cool. Okay, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, see you next week. Yeah, bye. 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 Well, well, there we go. There we go. I thought that went pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it was good. All right, I'm going to uh, get uh, something ready for dinner. So. All right, man. See you Cheers later. Cool. Great job today, man. Great job. Oh, right. I'm just kidding. That was horrible. Oh, just so unsupportive. You know I'm right. We should ditch that asshole in glasses and strike out on our own. I mean, he's a, he's a lovely guy. I mean, I don't want to do that. Just wait till he's eating dinner, and we'll jump him. I'll hold his arms, and you can twist off his balls. Then we'll get started on our new podcast, Word Man. That sounds great. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. It's a deal. Let's fuck him up. Okay, Sam, j- just coming, just coming. I'm not going to kill you. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 